Welcome to Christ Church Cathedral. If you happen to be a guest with us today, we want to uh, express to you a sincere word of welcome. Great to, uh, to have you here with us. Um, if you're joining us by way of the YouTube live stream, we welcome you as well. And uh, maybe we can just uh, wave to... Um, Linda and uh, Rick, and say hi to Juanita and some of the others that we know that are on with us. Um, if you're um, able to leave us a comment in the chat, uh, John Lowndes is on the video today, and he'd be happy to, uh, to hear from you. If you're uh, joining by way of the Cathedral podcast in audio form after the fact, we welcome you as well. Um, if you are a family with younger children, just uh, a note that there are some items there at the back that might be of some assistance to uh, break up the time a little bit for you. We certainly don't mind if you happen to wander around a bit, so uh, feel free to 
be at home, and um, and we're we're glad to have you here with us. And I might just mention also that there are some instruments here at the front of the church, and uh, at the time of the last song, you're welcome to uh, come forward and and uh, grab an instrument and play along. Our condolences um, this weekend to Joan Roberts at the death of Don Roberts, and so uh, our prayers uh, for Joan and for family and friends of Don. Uh, no further information about any arrangements, but uh, but we do remember them. Um, also, if you happen to be new to the congregation um, and you would like to be part of our congregational list. There is a paper form at the back of the church, and it's there just below the, the bulletin board at the back over on that side. It's also uh, on our website. Um, if you can leave us some information about you, that will allow us to record your name, and um, and we'd be happy if you would you could do that. If you have been here for a while, even a long while, and some of your information has changed, that's a useful form as well. And uh, you can just drop that either in the offering plate or, as I say, email it back to the church or drop it into the office, and uh, we'll update our information. Um, there is a note in your bulletin about an event on the 27th of January, which is a grief share, and it's with Isabel Cutler and... The time noted there, the start time is 1.30, and that's been shifted slightly to 2 o'clock. So that's this coming Saturday, um, 2 o'clock instead of 1.30, so if you could make note of that. Um, also, uh, at uh, our bishop and chapter this past week, we were able to set a date for our annual congregational meeting, so that will be Sunday the 18th of February and uh, beginning at 1 o'clock, and we're hoping that that will be um, after having a light lunch that follows worship that morning, the 10.30 worship. So the 18th of February at uh, 1 o'clock will be our annual meeting date. And also, again, just to remind you that our nominating committee continues to work and continues to accept nominations for various positions in this uh, coming year. And at the moment, um, we're still looking for a nomination to Bishop and Chapter with the intention of helping us with the Communications Committee. If uh, that's something that you might uh, consider doing and being elected to the Bishop and Chapter, we would, uh, we would be glad to hear from you. Um, and also nominations to any of the other roles as well. Um, we'd be we'd be most uh, appreciative to uh, to hear from you or to receive your nomination of someone else. Uh, Jane Hand is the chair of that committee. Jill Dunderdale, Kurt Schmidt, Harry Palmer, who is here, and myself. So uh, feel free to talk to one of us. A reminder that uh, this evening at 4 o'clock is uh, Choral Evensong, so you can keep that in mind. And Gary Barfett is here to say a little something to us, but just before he does, is there anything else that needs announcing?
Yes. So this Thursday, Teze at 5.30, and it's in person and here, and live streamed. Great. Thank you, Kurt. Anything else? Gary Barfit is the president of the Guild of St. Joseph, and he's got um, a bit of something he wants to share with us. So thanks, Gary. Good morning to you all. It, uh, it sort of feels as if we've just finished putting Christmas in a box, and here I am, I'm going to tell you about the next exciting event. And no, I'm not talking about Groundhog Day. Uh, as, you, as you walked in through uh, the west uh, door this morning, um, you would have walked up a ramp. That ramp has been there quite a while, but last, uh, last year, uh, the Holy Joes decided that it needed some work, and uh, uh, as a result, it has some new wood and new carpeting, which, <clears throat> for the most part, the Holy Joes did and, and, uh, and or paid for. Um, we managed to pay for that because of our only fundraising event, and that's the uh, um, Shrove Tuesday Pancake Supper, and that's coming up on the 13th of, uh, of February. You can always count on Shrove Tuesday Pancake Supper to be on a Tuesday, um, but the date changes, and this year it's the 13th of February. <clears throat> As I said, it's our only fundraiser, um, and quite frankly, it would be a pity if we weren't able to do it. And that's why I'm standing here talking to you this morning. Um, last year, we had 183 people that we served, and in order to do that, um, we need a fair number of people taking care of the various uh, activities, various jobs. Um, now, one of them are the people who are servers out on the floor, and Jim Morrell will be contacting uh, people uh, to do that. But in addition, there are, and I don't want to steal from, from Jim, although five minutes before this morning's service, I in fact stole one of his, uh, one, one of his servers. Um, in addition to, to those people, we need people back in the kitchen. And um, we need probably a total of 30 people. And right now, we have about half of that. Um, so we need your help to make this event happen. Quite apart from the fundraising, um, it's actually a very, very... Uh, uh, good, uh, solid social event for, uh, for our congregation. Last year was the first year we did it since before COVID, and I was delighted to see all the smiles 
uh, among the, uh, the the people who were who were attending. Uh, and so I, I'd like to continue that. Uh, so we need. Um, um, and by the way, although the guild is is traditionally an organization of the men of the cathedral, um, we aren't just looking at men, we're looking at men or women who would like to help us and like to volunteer um, to, uh, to pull this uh, event together. A um, couple of examples of what, what, uh, what's involved. Uh, with 183 people to serve, there's a lot of dishes, so we try to have three uh, shifts of, uh, of uh, dishwashers, uh, the dishwashing crew, um, with three to a shift. So that's nine people right there. Similar number for, uh, for the steam table where we plate the, uh, the food. Uh, so we, you know, we're looking at 18 people right there. Um, and, and there are other things. Some, you know, we have one person whose only job is to mix batter. If you if you feel inclined to want to mix batter for two hours, uh, we can we can help you with that. Anyway, that's that's primarily what I what I want to say, um, and I would invite you if you are interested in helping. If you're already helping us in the past. We already know about you, and believe me, you're on our list. Uh, uh, but uh, if you would like to, uh, to, uh, to help us, uh, see me after, uh, after today's service. I'll be happy to take your name, phone number, email address, and slot you in somewhere. Thank you for listening, and please give some thought to, uh, to helping us on the 13th. So thanks to uh, Gary for bringing that to our attention, and of course thanks to the, the Guild of St. Joseph's for uh, organizing that for us each year. And... Um, Important to remember that it's not necessary that you be a Joe. It's uh, also not necessary that you be particularly holy. <laughs> At least no holier than the Joes are. So, um, so really, uh, it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck, and uh, we appreciate your, uh, your contributions. Um, the worship today is from the uh, is uh, come worship format, and most of what you will need to find is on your uh, blue colored insert sheet. And there, on page one, you'll find a call to worship. And as we stand, we'll begin. For God alone, my soul in silence waits. Truly, my hope is in him. He alone is our rock and salvation. He is my stronghold, so that we shall not be shaken. Come, let us worship.
Almighty God, by grace alone, you call us and accept us in your service. Strengthen us by your Spirit and make us worthy of your call. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reading from the book of Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim it, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Now after Jesus was arrested, now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, 
The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. God said to Jonah, get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and he cried out, forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you haven't yet had the opportunity to watch any episodes of The Chosen, the uh, series of films, you may actually want to take a look. It's now into season four, and what's fascinating to me about it, apart from all the YouTube chatter about how it misrepresents the life of Jesus and his disciples, is despite those criticisms for not being exactly on the mark, as Scripture might uh, describe both Jesus and his disciples, um, it is able to captivate its viewers and draw them deeper into the stories of the life of Jesus. The Chosen does take some literary license by creating backstories that are very entertaining. Often from just a few verses of scripture, a whole narrative comes to life that most of us never thought would be possible. And I mention that because it reminds me of how The Chosen builds a story about the family fishing business of Zebedee with his sons, disciples, James and John. Mark says, they left their father in the boat with the hired men and followed him. And so it's amazing what can be done 
with just a few carefully chosen words. I don't know whether there's any historical evidence that James and John were in a fishing business with their father Zebedee, but it certainly isn't unreasonable to think that that would be the case. Several years ago, the Christian Century magazine opened a competition to theological thinkers of the day, whereby they were challenged to tell the gospel in seven words or less. Meg Janista of the Center for Excellence in Preaching remembers some of the submissions. Scholar Martin Marty offered, God through Jesus Christ loves us anyhow. Professor Beverly Gaventa entered with, In Christ, God's yes defeats our no. Pastor Martin Coppenhaver's contribution was, God gets the last word. (laughs) Mary Carr's, we are the church of infinite chances. And Nadia Boltz Weber gives us, we are who God says we are. An interesting exercise would be for us to make some effort to summarize the gospel as we understand it, maybe in ten words or less. We might even use it as a new website tagline. All of that, I think, sets us up to hear the story of Jonah and the city of Nineveh. Jonah is famous, of course, not for his pathetic preaching, but rather for his time in the belly of a big fish. The first two chapters of the brief book of Jonah tells how Jonah does all in his power to avoid God's call to evangelize the great city of Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. Well, Nineveh was also exceedingly sinful. And Jonah had zero interest in being part of saving a sinful city from the anger of God. After several attempts to run away, including a ship ride from Joppa to Tarshish, in the other direction, in the midst of a storm, he's thrown overboard when his shipmates agree that it's he that's at fault for the storm. Eventually, the fish burps Jonah up on the shore. 
a three days journey from the outskirts of Nineveh. He finally proceeds reluctantly to do what God called him to do. Speak to Nineveh. Now, one might think that having experienced grace upon grace, being thrown overboard in a storm, scooped up by a whale and planted safely on the shore, that Jonah would be singing at the top of his lungs, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But instead, when he finally opens his mouth, the best he can do is rock-bottom, bare essentials. Eight words. Actually, only five in the original Hebrew. Forty more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. So his sermon was minimal at best. The very least he could get away with. His delivery could have used some work. With an abundance of source material and more than enough reason for praise, gratitude, and testimony from his own life, I don't know, an illustration or two might have been helpful. Instead, Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Jonah's disobedience and avoidance shows his hatred for all that was bad in Nineveh. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Jonah certainly had no intention of being part of God changing his mind about destroying a great and sinful city. In a series of lectures in 1991 at Acadia Divinity College, titled The Vocation of Jonah, author Eugene Peterson tells about early days in ministry when he set out to find a new church. Sorry, to found a new church. One with a membership that matched his passion and vision for community in a world that was turning its back on the church. And he says, I had visited Joppa and bought my ticket for Tarshish. What he discovered several months in was God had put him in Nineveh. When I looked down on my congregation, says Peterson, I saw people who, when they listened to my words of wisdom and enthusiasm about the faith, paid me attention similar to when I talked to my dog. These were nice people, he says, but my words meant nothing to them. I was standing 
in the middle of Nineveh. Eight words, and Nineveh believed. Lock, stock, and barrel, they turned to the Lord. And if you read the rest of the book of Jonah, and it won't take very long because there are only a few chapters, the king of Nineveh rose from his throne, put on sackcloth and ashes, issued a decree for all in the kingdom to turn from their evil ways. And, he said, who knows? Maybe God will change his mind. And God did change his mind. And Jonah was angry. What's amazing about the Jonah story is not what Jonah did, but what God did. In the end, Jonah's greatest sin was not absolute disobedience, but half-hearted obedience. Peterson says, How sad it is that we can be half-hearted in sharing the grace we've known, the hope that is in us. How sad it is that we can be half-hearted. So maybe we're more like Jonah than we want to admit. Jonah is worth hearing about because it reminds us just how uncooperative we can be. Jonah did his darndest to avoid his call. I wonder how many words God requires of me. I wonder how many words he requires of you. And I wonder about all the ways and the excuses we make not to say them. So perhaps our prayer could be that when God calls us to speak, we will. With or without us, God will tell stories of grace. With or without us, God will bring redemption to those who need it. With or without us, God will offer salvation to those who are lost. With or without us, God will do what only God can do. Turn souls to repentance. Death to life. Feet to dancing. Spirits to song. Amen. Continuing at the bottom of the first page, you'll find the words of the Apostles' Creed. I'm going to invite you to stand as we say this together. Let us confess our faith as we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, 
creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we remain standing, as we come to pray, our response to Lord in your mercy is hear our prayer. Almighty God, excuse me, sorry. To God who welcomes us to be, to be his disciples, let us pray for the good of the church and concerns of those in need. Almighty God, today finds us in the midst of the week of prayer for Christian unity. Help us to listen to your voice, still calling us to unity, even in our diversity. We pray for church leaders everywhere, that they may work together and promote unity among Christians. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our church throughout the world, and in our Anglican cycle of prayer, we pray today for the Church of South India, for Archbishop Damaraj Rasalam, Primate, Moderator, and Bishop of South Kerala. And we pray in our provincial cycle of prayer today for the Bishop Ordinate to the Canadian Armed Forces, the Right Reverend Nigel Shaw. We pray for our Primate Linda, for our own Bishop David, for our Dean Jeffrey, for all clergy and lay leaders. We ask that you give each one of them the courage to step forward for you, to lead your people in wisdom and truth. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our world, the immense unrest and disorders of our world today, witnessed in increased natural disasters due to climate change, in the ego of some politicians who wish to dominate our world according to their needs and wants, and not for the good of all countries and all good God's peoples. For all the wars, the conflicts, the uncaring cruelty in so many places and so many ways, we plead with you, Lord, in all humility. We say we have made a mess of our creation, of your creation, both in your natural world and in our relationships between countries, within our own country of Canada, in our provinces, our cities, and our own personal relationships. In all humility, we ask you, knowing only you can bring order to our disorder, healing amongst nations and people. We have known your miraculous ways since the beginning of time. Bring your healing power to your world now. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our local community, 
Guide us, Lord, with your wisdom to become increasingly aware of the needs of our family, friends, our neighbors, and those unknown to us. For now that we, as a church or individually, might help as we are able to. We hear of the plight of the homeless, the concerns of those with mental health issues, the lonely and those alone, the ordinary family struggling to put food on the table. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to keep nudging each one of us, to be prompted to share our time and our resources where we see a need. Lord, in your mercy. We pray today for the needs of our cathedral here as we, as we face the coming, upcoming annual meeting that we will step forward and be willing to serve as you are asking us to do. And we pray for people to come forward on Shrove Tuesday to help with the pancake supper. We pray for Lord in your mercy. We pray for, for all those who are not well in body, mind, or spirit, for those known to us within our church community, for Jean, for Mabel, Pat, Debbie, Sue, Skylar, Aaron, Sally, Carolyn, Jacob, Stephanie, Diana, Jessica, David and Maureen, Heather, Elliot, Cooper, Savannah, and for those known to us for whom we might pray out loud or silently in our hearts. May they receive the skill of those caring for them, but especially the kindness and compassion to help them heal. May they be aware of the healing love of Jesus at all times. Lord, in your mercy. And we remember those who have died in the faith of Christ. Rest eternal, grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. And we remember all those who are grieving at this time. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in this coming week, give us the insight and sensitivity we need to offer the same love and acceptance that Jesus showed to those suffering in so many ways. As we seek to serve Christ in one another, may our communities and relationships be transformed by hope and love so that in our lives your will may be done. And so these and all our prayers we offer in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we continue with words of confession and absolution. Trusting in the promise of grace, let us pour out our hearts before God. Forgiving God, we repent of all the ways we turn from you. You call, but we do not listen. You show us your path, but we prefer our own way. Forgive us, heal us, and lead us back to you, that we might show mercy to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. 
In Jesus Christ, you are forgiven by God and given new life. Almighty God, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Loving God, before the world began, you called us. Make holy all we offer you this day and strengthen us in that calling. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. We're going to continue with the great thanksgiving, the Eucharistic prayer. You're welcome to remain standing or be seated or kneel as you find yourself most comfortable. In this prayer, we offer to God our thanks for the gifts of his creation, for all the blessings of this life, but above all for the grace and the gift of his Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that by his Holy Spirit, he might 
continue to guide and direct both us and the church in the way he would have us go. It is a right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, loving God, creator of energy and matter, heaven and earth, when there was nothing, you created all that is. In due time, you made humans to evolve and gave us the power of language. When we felt the sting of the lash, you liberated us. When we were lost and our souls were faint, you led us home through prophets and apostles. When the time was right, you sent your Son to embody your promise to save us. Therefore, we praise you, joining the everlasting chorus of the wind and the streams, the animals and flowers, the living and the dead, the stars and the planets, and, the, and all the company of heaven. We are grateful for Jesus the Christ who teaches and heals us and becomes the way for us through his dying and his rising that we may die through him and rise through him into a new heaven and a new earth. We are grateful that on the night before he died, he took bread. And after giving thanks for it, broke it and shared it with his companions, saying, Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. We are grateful that after the meal was ended, he took the cup and passed it to them and said, Take this cup and drink from it, all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant, my life poured out for you and for many. Now when you eat and drink of this, remember me. And so we remember Jesus as we share this Eucharistic fellowship, one in the Spirit of God. Bless these simple gifts of the earth, O Lord, this bread and this cup, that they may become for us through the power of your Holy Spirit, Christ's presence with us transforming us into the body of Christ in the world. May this meal inspire and strengthen us to love you, each other, and this world until Christ comes again and brings all things to their fulfillment. All glory and honor are yours, Holy One, through Christ, in the Spirit, now and always. Amen. As our Savior taught us, let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. 
The Word is among us. The light is in our midst. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
As we stand, let us pray. Gracious God, our hands have taken holy things, our lives have been nourished by the body of your Son. May we who have eaten at this holy table be strengthened for service in your world. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. The merciful God saves us for a purpose. Go into the world to be light. Dedicate your life to the Lord as he calls us to be fishers of people. May the God of second chances renew your sense of call and inspire you to share the good news of forgiveness and hope. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. And now it's time for the kids to come up and shake, rattle, and roll. Um, there's a few new things in the basket that we found in the other room, so I'm hoping that you'll come up. And this song has a little bit of special rhythm in the middle of it. It'll be pretty obvious when we get to it, so I'm hoping that you will also go along with that part.